0: Dr. Shelley, thank you for being here. It is a privilege to be able to know your ministry to know a little bit about your work. But for folks who maybe don't know you, can you just give folks a little bit of background information about why you're here at the forum? What are you what are what can folks expect about tomorrow's talk?
1: Sure. Well, thank you for having me here. I was in children's ministry for 25 years and served in the local church, and then transitioned to a career at Dallas Baptist University, where I teach in the Masters of Arts in children's ministry and family ministry, but I'm also a licensed professional counselor. And my dissertation was on resilience, and so when I saw the Resilient Disciples book, I was thrilled and really wished that I had written it, because so much (laughs) of it goes right along with with what I found. And so so being a counselor, I think that uh, part of the discussion that we want to have is how do we help kids from hard places, right? Have that same opportunity to to be resilient in their faith. And so...
0: Yeah, so... There is a term that has been around for a little while, but I, what I found in preparing for this conversation is you described it well, which is this term, adverse childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. And people are going to hear a lot about it tomorrow, but can for if that's a new term to people, can you help people understand what is adverse childhood
1: experiences? Sure. About over 20 years ago, really, Kaiser Permanente did a study with 17,000 adults, and they asked them 10 questions about 10 things that might have happened to them in childhood, and they were... Uh, questions about abuse, could have been emotional abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse. Uh, it was about neglect, emotional or physical neglect. And then some questions about household dysfunction. Um, were your parents divorced or separated? Was there any mental mental illness in your home? Was, was mom ever uh, abused? Was a parent ever incarcerated? And so they asked these 10 questions and they were able to to realize that those things that happened to kids in childhood followed them to adulthood and were a great predictor of their health. And so it was able to make this connection that what happens to you in childhood affects you in adulthood. And so things like um, heart disease, liver disease, diabetes, um, depression, anxiety, all of those things had a correlation back to what happened to these folks in their childhood. And so it's kind of woken us up, I think, to realize that trauma uh, can change a child's life. It can change the trajectory of a child's life. And and maybe most importantly, trauma changes the brain, hmm. um, but relationships heal the brain. And so that's where we come in. I think that's why this conversation is so crucial for us to just be aware that, uh, you know, the statistics are pretty startling. Um, one in six kids will have four or, more, four or more of those things happen to them in the course of their lifetime. 25% of all kids will be impacted by childhood trauma. And wow. the statistic is that 60% of our kids will at, at one time in their life before age 18 experience an adverse childhood Experience And so it's not kids that are out there. It's kids that are in our programs. And so what happens then is um, they have a little bit harder time belonging, which is the first thing that we want them to do. And so I think it has huge correlations to what you all are doing. And I think the conversation for us is to be aware and to learn some skills and, and find ways to help those kids overcome some of those barriers that they have to that belonging piece.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, there's about 12,000 directions I want to go here. Okay, so for, for sake of time, I'm encouraged thinking about how much the conversation around mental health broadly has changed from when I was a kid compared to my own kids, certainly when my father was a child compared to me to his grandkids, right? COVID then happens and creates this massive, I'll just say, mental health event but what I really, you know, as a guy who just talks into a microphone, who's not a professional in any of these things, what seems that a lot of people seem to agree on is what COVID did on the mental health world is it brought a lot of things that were bubbling under the surface to the top or just accelerated trends that were already happening. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to what we can now, as the sort of depths of COVID are further in the rearview mirror, What we can now see and know about kids in terms of things like isolation, anxiety, depression, like the the adverse childhood experiences that are towards the top of the list are becoming much more, um, I would say, invisible. Right. This isn't the dramatic sort of abuse cases as much now as it's we're having this child who is constantly anxious and we're trying to figure out why. Does that make sense?
1: Right, so trauma can be what, what happens to you. It can be an event, but it also can be what doesn't happen to you when you don't get the, the, the good attachment, when you don't have those good relationships. That can be you know, traumatic as well. And so I think that COVID just exposed what was already brewing um, and some of that was already brewing because of technology, social media, breakdown in the family, all these things. So I do think that, that COVID um, definitely exposed it. Uh, I think that our kids um, are, are struggling relationally. I think some of our preschoolers and our youngest children, they, they missed out on some really key developmental milestones that, that occur in social settings and that occur uh, at church. And so, you know, it, it really, it didn't create the health crisis, the mental health crisis. I think it just exposed it. Uh, And so that's what we have to, to work through and to figure out how do we relate to these kids? And I think one of the questions I'm going to ask tomorrow is knowing what we know about kids, are we creating environments that match what we know about them? Mm. Uh, Because uh, large group, big event type uh, ministries are not connecting kids to each other and not connecting them to us. And so uh, again, the, the old map was good. We don't want to we don't want to um, to belittle it. But what we might want to say is, if we know that kids need relationships and that they are living in relational poverty, then how do we create ministries that really zero in on that and and make sure that we're connecting with kids?
0: Man, I love that phrase, relational poverty. It's a tragic phrase, yeah. but that is such a vivid picture of what it's like to be a kid today.
1: Yeah. So through the pandemic, we know that more kids are dealing if they hadn't had trauma before. There's a great chance pandemic was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love what you said about big events probably aren't what they need right now. Mm-hmm. What would you say to the kids ministry leader in the classroom? What are just a few hints of how do you deal with kids who are struggling with so many things? Mm-hmm. Are there some big picture things we can advise our leaders? Right. I think being aware of, of things like adverse childhood experiences, um, being aware of the resources in your church of who you can Uh, connect kids that maybe are having more difficulty. But in reality, you know, the kids who've had trauma need the same things the kids who haven't had trauma. Uh, I I think we couldn't say it enough that relationships Mm -hmm. are what heal the brain. They're what heal us. They're what connect us. You know, kids are meant to be, we are meant to be Legos. We are meant Mm -hmm. to be all connected. And when we're all connected, we can build some beautiful things. And when we're not connected, we're not nearly as strong as we could be. And so reminding teachers that, hey, you know, you can be attuned to that child. Um, You're the one who can make the difference. If I'm on stage and I've got 100 kids, I cannot be attuned Mm -hmm. and connected and related to all those kids. And so it's it's sort of a shift back to, hey, volunteers, we we need you. Uh, We need you to to see, to truly see these kids um, and and to be willing to step into some of those spaces. because. Parents of kids who've been through adverse childhood experiences need us to understand that. Mm. We have a lot of families that are adopting, that are fostering, and they're they're adopting kids that that struggle with the belonging piece. And so when our kids are struggling, as parents, we struggle. And so these parents and these families need to know that we understand that the behaviors that we're seeing are a message of what's happened to them. And we're willing to work with them Mm. and we're willing to love them through that rather than making them feel as though their child sort of is... I don't wanna say unlovable, nobody would ever say that. Right. But there are kids who are easier to love. There are kids yeah. that are easy to bring into the belonging and and we want them to, but we really need to be looking at the ones on the fringes if we wanna make a difference. Yeah, and church should be the place that does that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like Sometimes I feel in church, the tough kids are the ones we have the hardest time with because we're not as equipped as maybe mm-hmm. the schools or that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But church should be where they belong, right. like you're saying, right. I love that.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Research is clear. Parents hold the most significant influence in a child's development. That's why Awana developed TalkAbout. TalkAbout delivers child discipleship through simple discussions and family fun, forming lasting faith one conversation at a time. With your family's monthly subscription, you'll receive an email each week containing your talk about bundle, including guided conversations through suggested scripture passages, which allow families to engage in the Bible and answer big questions with the truth of God's word. You'll also get fun hands-on activities to take the guesswork out of child discipleship. Kids will color, create, sing, and share, and kids will remember and reinforce what they've learned throughout the week. It's the everyday moments of life that can become moments that make an eternal difference. These are the moments Talk About was created for. Bring the gospel home and help your kids form lasting faith, one conversation at a time. Try one month of Talk About for free with this special promo code exclusive for our podcast listeners. Resilient. That's resilient for one month of Talk About for free. Get started today at TalkAboutDiscipleship.com. What I love about the opportunity that the church has is the the picture that Jesus gives us is a, I mean, literally, it's not the healthy need, the doctor, but the sick. Mm -hmm. And I think so often, you know, where the stigma around the conversation around mental health, I think, originates from is this idea that we are supposed to put on pretenses before God which is one of the most original, like the original anti-scriptural sin in some ways, right? So what I'm curious about though is there are, and I don't mean to belittle that because it is a very real, uh, I would argue, fear that sti- um, comes from a very real place of just even having this conversation. And when I think about how we have this conversation with the kids, there's a very real practical concern of I'm a children's ministry leader and I'm ready to have that conversation. But I'm ready to have that conversation about it about a child who is not my own, who is a child in my ministry. And that parent is not ready to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. How do I, as a loving, caring adult, as a faith friend, help my community understand the, uh, we'll say just the impact of adverse childhood experiences, the impact of trauma. How do I begin to create a movement of being more aware of these types of, uh, challenging topics Mm -hmm. without, um, p- perhaps uh, overstepping my boundaries, if that makes mm-hmm. sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think just having the conversation and what you all are doing and bringing this up, frankly, is 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 not, I wouldn't say risky, but it's a new thing for you all to talk about. Um, it's a new thing for churches to talk about. Uh, mental health didn't used to be a part of the conversation at church at all. And I think um, I'm so glad that it is now. I think Gen Z and our millennials are way more open to, to getting help for mental health. And so I think in some ways we have, we have more of an open door you know, than we realize. Um, but uh, our kids need us to understand that sometimes they need help beyond us. And, and being open to that and realizing that You know being a Christian doesn't mean that you're not going to struggle with those things Um, and being willing to be vulnerable and authentic and to share you know I think some of the mental health challenges that we have come from feeling like we're alone like we're the only one who is dealing with this and uh, being alone that's Satan's greatest tool is for us to think we are the only one dealing with this and so I think as we have that conversation it will help us to sort of exhale and breathe and realize that, that all of us struggle with different things, and mental health is just one of those things. Yeah. And so finding a way to be informed and compassionate and empathetic, I think uh, families will um, appreciate that, and that we'll have an opportunity to, to let all of those kids belong, and not just the ones that it's easy to belong.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, if I may, like, as someone who deals with d- depression on a regular basis, like the the thing that I would hope everyone who is able to do this is to extend that empathy to a child.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I understand extending that empathy to adults might be particularly challenging, <laughs> but extending that empathy to a child needs to be something that it was within your capacity and you need to rearrange what your capacity looks like so that you can do that for the child that God has called you to serve. Just full stop from a guy talking into a microphone because what you just said like it is not necessarily the in my opinion at least right it is not necessarily the um the sadness or those types of emotions it is that loneliness it is that isolation that is particularly the scariest and that feels the burden the most burdensome mm-hmm. and when i think about what families are dealing with when they're ex- experiencing this through their kids you feel like sort of a scarlet letter on you Mm -hmm. the entire time. And the only place that you should, that can provide that restoration for you is through a church. Mm -hmm. There are certainly professionals and people who can come alongside you and your family that God has provided, thankfully, but the church is where you should walk. And I'm curious as we wrap up our time together for that family, that's feeling overwhelmed for that mom, for that dad that's feeling overwhelmed. What word of encouragement do we have for them that, um, the next step that they maybe have been feeling like they've been wanting to take for a long time Mm -hmm. is actually worth it.
1: Right. Well, I think, just to to say what you said you're not alone i mean i think that is the message that people need to hear. you're not alone you're not the only one dealing with this and then as a minister to know what your resources are to know in your community to have you know i think one of the things that churches need to bolster is mental health resources for their churches whatever that looks like if it's a biblical counselor if it's a licensed professional counselor whatever whatever it is that your church feels called to do you need to bolster that because not only our kids are dealing with it, but adults are dealing with more and more mental health issues. And, and if I could just insert this, you know, I think part of why we're uncomfortable with it is we're uncomfortable with any type of suffering mm. and, and we want it to just go away. We want to just be able to pray it away. We want it to go away. And in reality, this is part of being human is that we suffer and we suffer in different ways. And sometimes it's through mental health, but I would want them to know they're not alone.
0: The Child Discipleship Podcast is powered by Awana. Thanks to the donations of generous folks like you, Awana partners with 62,000 churches in 130 countries to make resilient disciples. When you give to Awana, you are investing in lasting faith, young people who will engage the culture with the gospel and fearlessly lead the church into the future. To make a donation to this mission, go to awana.org donate. Subscribe to the podcast today so you never miss an episode, and check out the show notes of today's episode for relevant links from this conversation, as well as information about other podcasts from Awana. The podcast is mixed, edited, and produced by Marlon Washington, and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. Our theme song is Fresh Air by Christian hip-hop artist Josiah Williams and Hits by Jude. You also heard All Let Go, provided by Josiah Williams from his album, Rerouting 2. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.